Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to KCBS In-Depth, a discussion of one of the topics making news this week. This is KCBS In-Depth. And welcome to In-Depth. I'm KCBS political reporter Doug Sovereign with a special edition this week, a political roundtable. I'm joined by our guest, Carla Marinucci, who is senior political writer for Politico, California, and Phil Matier, our KCBS and San Francisco Chronicle insider. Carla and Phil, thanks for being with us. Always uh, good. It, it was a busy week, a crazy week in the world of politics, which we could probably say pretty much 52 weeks a year now. Uh, the week began with President Trump delivering his first State of the Union address, a one-hour, 20-minute stem winder uh, venturing into Bill Clinton territory in which he declared a new American moment, and he repeatedly extended a hand across the aisle to the Democrats who were, who were sitting on their hands. I call upon all of us to set aside our differences, to seek out common ground, and to summon the unity we need to deliver for the people. But those words rang hollow with the Democrats. Bay Area Congresswoman Jackie Speer told us she doesn't buy this kinder, gentler Trump for a single second. Unfortunately, there's a pattern of behavior here that predates his statements. He is capable of reading a speech on a teleprompter, but then he doesn't walk the walk. So, Carla, let's begin there. Were, were those just words? Why, why now? Why, why are we suddenly hearing the, the optimistic, positive presidential Donald Trump finally as, as he begins his second year? And he didn't step on his own message the next day or pretty much at all this week. Um, but the fact is, the, the, a lot of the topics he addressed were like front and center for California. No no state has more at stake when you're talking about immigration, when you're talking about trade, which he talked about, uh, when you're talking about infrastructure. There were a lot of issues that, that California needs to uh, uh, look at with him. And I think uh, that's why you saw some of the Democrats sitting on their hands, the immigration aspect. But let's, let, I'm sorry, infrastructure matters to people here. Uh, and I think that is the one area where you're going to see a California Democrats uh, have some kind of uh, uh, smoke, some kind of peace pipe with him, if you will, um, because they need to. They, uh, the, the, the kind of uh, roads and bridges, and they're going to rely on a lot of federal money. When President Trump is talking about $1.5 trillion infrastructure plan, well, only $200 billion of that comes from the federal government. The rest comes from local government. So he's got to get some cooperation from uh, folks in California. And that's something the Democrats can get on board with. But can the Republicans? Will they? I mean, they were sitting on their hands for that part. They, they weren't that interested. <laughs> well, I think, uh, you know, I think infrastructure is something across the country. This is something that hits home to average voters, whatever side of the aisle that they're on. So uh, uh, I, I think it's going to ha- if it's if it can, if it happens in California, it's going to happen in other states as well. 
What are we talking about? <laughs> building <laughs> bridges. Building bridges whenever, and we roads, get, whenever we get into infrastructure, <laughs> immigration, building bridges, uh, building walls, it where it just slips into the rhetoric that both sides use. Uh, they're using it to try to leverage some kind of a scrim of power, just whatever little fraction they can. It's not at all designed to win over anyone else on either side. We are seeing the same sort of reactions we saw under Clinton, under Bush, and under Obama. Obama in the wake of a State of the Union address. Personally, I think that State of the Unions ought to be limited to 24-hour cable news because there's <laughs> no news in them, and we fake it. We have a, a per- president who comes up and lays out what was George Bush? Wasn't he going to take us to Mars at one time? <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah. You okay? know, and, I, and I think and, so. and, and, and then you, if you looked at it, and it's, it's just another round of, of the talking heads, and Carla, you're right. Infrastructure, California and the Bay Area already made nice with them to get the electrification for Caltrain. The California Democrats are going to take whatever dime they can get. On the immigration front, they've got a problem. They've got a serious problem because he appears to have come with some sort of thing to a casual listener that sounds like a compromise. And he could effectively put the Democrats in a very uncomfortable box for the midterm elections, whether they like it or not. Although it wasn't really a compromise. It was his four pillars. It was his plan. Okay, I'll give you I'll give you DACA. I'll give you a path to citizenship for 1.8 million, as long as I get my 25 billion for the wall. That's a pretty big compromise yeah. coming out of a no, Republican. No, yeah. Doug. Let's yeah. let you know. Let, yeah. Let's and let's not forget. Bill Clinton passed you know legislation to right. to lock down the borders as well. So the, it is coming across as semi reasonable. Well, I think you know when we talk about the immigration plan, um, the, the, there are four pillars, and in California there are two pillars that really matter a lot, and that is the Trump plan to cut back legal immigration. That is the visa lottery and this so, so-called so chain migration, right. the, the family reunification. In, in California and a lot of other states, this is well, this is something that has defined in the immigration policy in this country for decades. And you've got a lot of folks here, just about everyone I've talked to on this one has said, none of my grandparents, none of my ancestors would have qualified under Donald Trump's plan. You know, my four Italian immigrant grandparents were all illiterate uh, peasants and would never have qualified Wait, no, either. No, that's and not think, true, Carla, because at the time your grandparents come. came over <laughs> and right. my grandparents came over from and Ireland. My, and my grandparents? They were looking for illiterate people to go out and dig the canals and dig the ditches. Right. And they were and the not S, looking the for... The asshole countries Yes, that they and were, that's right, what it right. was. They said, bring us your poor, bring us that, and we're going to exploit them. And that is what was the deal. <laughs> you get to come to America, but you get handed a shovel and not much else. In fact, but, Donald Trump's ancestors and those around him at the White House, they, they all came through chain migration. That's right. Right. But here, here is came. the problem, Phil. I mean, when, you, when you're talking about this chain migration issue, the, the Silicon Valley has been built by uh, folks from India, South, South Asia, Asia, who came here in part because, and these, were, these are brilliant engineers, tech people, who could, they came here and chose to come here because they could bring grandma here, mom and dad, brothers and sisters. That family reunification aspect was a huge part of what attracted them to the United States. Now I'm hearing, and Silicon Valley is worried about this, some of these folks are going to be now deciding, you know what, I think I'm going to go to Germany or Canada or China right. instead. Right, right. And, Call and, me when that happens. <laughs> Call me when that happens. Like, they're really going to be open. Carla, yeah. let's, 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 what I find interesting about this and the political discourse is, we zero in on this. To the average voter out there, would you say this is number one on the list of today? I think I think immigration is a big deal to a lot of people, and I think that one resonates to with voters. a lot of people. 
Well, obviously, the economy, jobs. Economy, economy, economy jobs, is always schools, economy jobs. transportation, the fact that California has an explosion of uh, uh, tents uh, uh, from and the think, north and, and the Phil, south. And right one on of the that. most embarrassing examples of third world migration or whatever of thought into a, into a country. You don't, the, And people are going to stop and say, wait, I, I'm really upset about this chain migration? I, no, I think when, if you start, if they don't get a DACA deal together, and this sort of goes to the whole what problem. What if they if the Democrats kill DACA because of chain migration, where does that put them? Well, excuse me, but Donald Trump is the one who will have killed DACA by by uh, eliminating the program in the first place or by uh, uh, changing what the, the presidential... Uh, um, well, what President uh, Obama did. What President Obama did. Yes, till March. Uh, but but well, I guess the, the, the issue is um, that this goes to the whole Democratic problem when it comes to out of the State of the Union is... What are they going to work with him on and what are they not? That compromise is is a two-way street. As you said, Doug, they were sitting on their hands at that, at that speech. Are they going to work with the president or are they not going to work with the president? And they don't – this is where – and Phil's pointing out correctly – they don't seem to really have a plan on what they're going to do and what issues they're going to attack first. He's right. When it comes to just bread and butter, kitchen table issues, I think people are worried about, you know, number of car break-ins in San Francisco, right. uh, the, the, the homeless ghettos that are, that, are, well, that, are, that are popping up all over the place with some real tragic stories and tragic issues surrounding them, the housing crisis, et cetera. Uh, but we didn't hear a lot uh, uh, from President Trump on that. Well, stuff. that's what we're worried about in California. We're worried right. about homelessness, housing, crime, transportation, traffic across the country. I mean, I think the, t- the two things people always care about the most are money in their pocket and are they safe. Right. Now, when the economy is good, which it's getting better by, by the day, it's fairly robust recovery, uh, they turn to the security issues and that – Immigration is part of that. And then you have the luxury of looking at other things, you know, things that the wonks are talking about that they might not necessarily care about. But um, on the immigration thing, I mean, are they going to get something done? And from the Democrats' point of view, politically, they're divided. I mean, there are those who want to impeach Trump and there are those who want to work with him. And there's those from the South and from the Midwest who are not on the Dreamer bandwagon to all. the extent or in the anti-wall wagon right. to the extent that those in St. Well, well, wait a minute. This, this is an economic issue, Phil. The Dreamers are an economic issue because the studies show uh, the, these 200,000 Dreamers in California and 800,000 total, 94% of them are either in school or working. These are not people on welfare or slacking. Let me ask you another okay? statistic, and, Carla. and they've contributed almost okay. $5 billion I, dollars to the American economy. I'm not arguing with that. We're here on a political discussion. Right. So my question is this. What percent of the Dreamers vote? Uh, I, <laughs> Zero. Yeah. They don't what vote. percent no, they of the Dreamers' vote. families vote? Zero. So if you are articulating a message and you are in a contact sport... You know, you can you can say, uh, you know, I I don't care how many boats the Academy of Arts gives <laughs> to the shape of water, and if it is chosen as the best picture of the year, Which people are still be. going for Star Wars <laughs> and they're going for Wonder Woman in the box office. And until the Democrats can make that connection, it's going they they're going to well, continue. Do, do you to be, not think that connection will be made? I'm I'm just wondering if there's no deal and we start seeing headlines as we're started to see of uh, Jose, your neighbor down the street, right. who's lived here for 40 years, dragged being out dragged out of his house and being torn away from his kids. Or we saw one recently, you know, the caregiver of a cerebral palsy child has been there with his whole, being dragged out of his house. Or the uh, man do you think, in do you the think Sonoma that, not... that was, went out on a DV after being given sanctuary and killed his girlfriend. 
But that's not a dreamer Kate film. Kate Steinle, no. But yeah. it is, you are sitting here parsing things legitimately, but I'm, I am making the devil's advocate yeah, out there for what we call the voter. And if everybody was buying what you said, there wouldn't be a President Trump. And, and, and California's delegation, congressional delegation, would be all Democrat. My question is, do you think any of this is going to impact? Let's get to the, some real stuff here. Do you think it's going to change a congressional seat in the state of California? That is, that is the issue. And let's move over to that a little bit. We've got a governor's race, a Senate race, and all these vulnerable House seats in California. Uh, and the things we're talking about, yeah, I mean, the people who support President Trump don't care about dreamers. And the people who don't support them, they care, but not. But they see they they want they're looking for something fair. They don't necessarily right. want somebody saying, "Not only do you have to save the dreamers, you have to save our families as well." Yeah, right. no, I, I understand okay? that. In I, other words, no change. But there are seats in in California in, in these house races, some very close house races, Central Valley, where immigration is an issue. And Absolutely, it, it I think this is balance. one of the reasons why you saw Daryl Issa decide not to run for his, his seat, uh, why why Ed Royce decided not to run for his seat. Um, uh, th- these are guys who are vulnerable, and and the where demographics in these districts, Southern California districts, have changed, and Latino voters, Asian American voters, are on the rise, and they're the ones who care about a fair immigration policy. So I think that's what we're, we're we're talking about here. I think it. I think there may be seats in California that flip based on this issue, or where it could make a couple percent difference. Yeah. Which now, is also in California, unlike other places, with Carla's talking about, there is a demographic shift, but we also have a thing called the open primary. Which sure. is a shift as well. So we're going to see. The question is, will there be? Will will we also see the emergence of more quote unquote moderate Democrats who are going to take advantage uh, of of a, a possible mood as well? That's what it was supposed to do. Uh, well, I, you know, we actually haven't. I, I, look, let's take the governor's race where we've seen. A more moderate Democrat would be John Chung, I think, who's the treasurer, who's sort of the uh, the finance guy, who's uh, portraying himself as the adult in the room, a la Jerry right. Brown, who may be able to say no to some of those uh, the more uh, progressive interests up there in Sacramento. Um, but you're right. Have we seen a whole rash of those moderate Democrats? I don't no. think so. No. But we're and, seeing it play out in the congressional races right here in the Bay Area. We saw yeah. a shift. We saw a shift from Ro Connett. Now on immigration, okay, he. He was he was right there with the dreamers, but on a whole lot of different issues, he bounced out the pro labor progressive Honda. Right, uh, you had Swalwell take out Stark. We are although so, in those cases you're also talking about a, a young an up and age, coming generation. was an age which yes. is yes. reflective also of the Democratic Party, which believes in young and upcoming people as long as they don't displace anybody that's been there since you were in diapers. <laughs> <laughs> Which they did. Wait, in the, let's talk about the governor's race for a minute, yeah. though. So, so we've got the open primary. We have three significant Republicans, four significant Democrats. Uh, it looks like it's a Gavin Newsom versus Antonio Villaraigosa fight. Chung's not catching fire. Delaney doesn't seem to be catching fire. Does one of the Republicans even crack that top two? I mean, what do you think is going to happen? You know, uh, John Cox, the businessman, uh, a wealthy businessman, has already put uh, what his more first than ad. yeah, he's more than millions. He's got his first ad up there. Um, he's also got this initiative uh, the, called the Neighborhood Legislature, which is a very complicated thing that I, it's going to be interesting. Like Eighty thousand well, people serving in the capital. Yeah, letters. yeah, and, and, and uh, <laughs> we're going to find out on Monday whether that actually qualifies for the ballot. Uh, you know, right now, Republicans have uh, several choices that they can go with and l- sort of legitimate choices. That that diffuses the, the possibility that they're going to end up in the top two. You may very well end up with uh, two Democrats in the in the general election in California. That has case, been the pattern. That has been the pattern. Uh, Republicans tend to vote R. 
and Democrats right. and decline the states either don't vote or go and choose somebody else. It could very well turn into, and everybody's looking at it being a Villagrosa versus Gavin Newsom, North-South, progressive liberal versus a guy that can, who's not, or, or now is not. Everybody, all these things are relative. But it's, it's pretty much business as usual. It's going to be interesting for Gavin Newsom. He's going to face a challenge because the question that I think is going to be posed to him is, can you say no? Can you say no to anybody? Or is everything, are you just yeah. yes to all everything? All those labor interests, all, yeah, the, the California nurses, all the people who are on the progressive side who have given him a lot of money and support. That's absolutely right. That's been Jerry Brown's uh, sort of calling card and strength up there in Sacramento, his ability to do wield the veto pen uh, sometimes uh, in the face of uh, uh, real com- criticism from Democrats. Do you, um, do you think John Chung or Delaney Easton, either of them, has a chance to somehow crack you know, that top two? Um, you know, John Chung has raised more money than people yeah. thought. And um, he's got a very compelling life story as the son of Taiwanese immigrants. He talks about, uh, you know, uh, a dad who arrived here with hardly any money, a mom who cleaned houses, et cetera, et cetera. It's a true American story. And I think that if he um, energizes Asian-American voters here and Asian-American voters have crossed cross over to vote, for him, I think it's, it's going it's to be very, hard for him to do. It's very difficult, Doug. It's going to, it's, He's Gavin Newsom is that's coming in going. because he was former California mayor of San Francisco and, and lieutenant governor, and he has a strong base of support in the in the Bay Area, which is a, a jackpot for voters. But it's very difficult for any candidate running for any office statewide uh, because it's overshadowed by the national. It just is. It, it's it's that's that's where, and also there's not really that much difference. When you when you look at these candidates, what is it? it, it it's it's four flavors of the same soda. Right. I've got Coke, RC, <laughs> Diet. I mean Pepsi, and and, yeah, well, and RC. Well, blasting the past. Uh, they still make like, that, and they're screaming. Look at the difference between You're right, me and though. this guy. And so, I mean, it, I mean, I asked Gavin Newsom that a couple weeks ago. I said, "Does it come down to personality?" And of course, he said, it "Comes down to leadership." I've, I've shown leadership, and it's true. He's been out in front on all these things: gay marriage, yeah. gun control, legal you know, legalizing yeah. marijuana. But ultimately, from the point of view of a voter, yeah, is it identity politics? Is it? I mean, how do you make that decision? Yeah, no, and I think this. Is the problem with the Trump two primary too? It leaves out all those independent voters. They used to be able to have a third party candidate to uh, vote for. In the end, they don't. Well, anymore. I, I I disagree with her. I think it actually enhances the <laughs> the the people because then when you get into the general, it's a, it could be a different ball. And remember, we could also have a repeal of the gas tax on the same ballot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We could have questions about rent control. There could be some which way are you? Yes or no issues on there that they're not going to be comfortable with. We mentioned Devin Nunes. You've got 14, the flip the 14, as they're calling it, the 14 Republican House seats in California. Maybe half of them are actually vulnerable. Uh, Devin Nunes has been pretty invincible in, in his district in the Central Valley. But I just saw a, a generic poll, you know, unnamed Democrat, and he only beats it. 50 to 45. Now, there actually is a Democrat running who probably doesn't fare as well as that. Well, but, and, and he's and got lots of money This has been raised. an unexpected national spotlight for Devin Nunes, who is the House um, Intelligence Committee uh, chair, the ranking Republican on, on, on that. And, of course, in the center of this firestorm uh, in which uh, Democrats are accusing him of, uh, you know, creating a constitutional crisis over this memo. This um, week. This Didn't we have a constitutional crisis last week? <laughs> this well, is this week's was crisis. The, the government, quote unquote, yeah, shut What down. happens if uh, the FBI director resigns over this? I, I mean, mean, we could this, have a whole. We could have a whole string mm. of huge headlines uh, that that Devin Nunes has uh, sort of affected uh, the domino effect. And I should just point out, at the time we're recording this, the memo has not yet been released, but it's 
seems like it's coming. What, what's fascinating is, you know, our, our Democrats could get their stuff together. Uh, maybe they could get the challenger for Devin Nunes. But the fact is, he's in the congressional district, the 22nd congressional district, Chilari at the Central Valley. Somebody who's been reelected numerous times there. Uh, it's got almost a 10 point uh, Republican advantage there. That by all accounts, uh, taking him out is uh, going to be uh, and he's got a huge war chest. Impossible. Yeah, he's got almost three point six million dollars. His challenger, Andrew Jans, is a uh, uh, Fresno prosecutor, mm-hmm. uh, raised sixty five thousand dollars this year. This Woo-hoo! this this week, by the way, um, uh, based on these memo uh, stories. But that's just a drop in the bucket compared to And if the people there are happy with him, because remember, congressional, we sit here and talk like they're chess pieces in these in this game, and move over here, and he's getting a lot of national attention on this one, and Eric Swalwell was on CNN the other day. Fact is, most people is, do I call my congressman when I need help, with my passport, with an immigration, with something like that? Do they answer? Do they respond? Do they help? And if they have, over the years, those are votes you take to the bank. Absolutely right. And that is the difference where, where you can talk all you want on a national scale about these congressional races, but it is all local when it comes to these congressional seats, and it is all about um, being effective in that seat and in touch with the local constituents, and that's why this is not going to be an easy ride for Democrats who want to flip those seats And down. my question is, are they overbetting? Yeah, they may be. And it, yeah. it, it's interesting to watch on the congressional side, too, uh, the stars that have come out of this whole Russia investigation, and many of them are from California. Adam Schiff, who's coming here to speak at the Commonwealth Club and the, and the SAC uh, Press Club in next month. Both of those are sold out. This guy's become a rock star on media, and he's been, you know, fighting with uh, Devin Nunes on this whole memo issue uh, as the ranking Democrat on the intelligence. Eric Swalwell is another one who's become really well-known nationally uh, as a figure. But as Phil says, that doesn't. none of that matters how much of a great pundit you are Unless you can answer those constituent letters in the office and they like you back home. And that's that's the bottom line. I should point out to listeners, uh, this is KCBS In-Depth. I'm Doug Sovereign and our guests are Carla Marinucci from Politico and Phil Matera, KCBS and Chronicle Insider. Uh, On Adam Schiff, yeah, I mean, for years, this is a man who's represented L.A. He he is on KCBS radio now as often as any of our Bay Area representatives. (laughs) And he's always available as soon as we want him. More responsive than some Northern Californians. He is amazing. And, you know. A lot of people. I I interviewed him not long ago up in Sacramento, and it, it was like being with like Justin Timberlake or somebody. Everybody wanted to come up and do selfies with him. Everybody knows him. These two sold out things in the barrier just show me that his potential for the future is there if somebody would move over or retire. Well, that's the problem. <laughs> that is the problem. We thought he might, you know, run for Senate if that, Feinstein right. retired. There and isn't I, really anything for him to run for. Yeah. So. No, at least not for another six years if he gets I, I, reelected. I, I don't know where he's going. Uh, in that Senate race, though, Feinstein is, is running for re-election, and she's got Kevin DeLeon as, as, his cha- as her challenger. She's got something like $10 million cash on hand. He's got half a million. And, of course, he spun that to say she's the party of the, uh, the candidate of the fat cats and I'm the candidate of the, of the working man. I mean, is he going anywhere here? Well, I, I, a lot of people were waiting for these numbers to see how it would stack up. And when she's got $10 million, of course, $5 million of it is hers. Right, her own money. <laughs> uh, her own money. Which he was quick to point out. He was quick to point that out. But the bottom line is the bottom line in these races and um uh you know i that's all about viability i think what we heard and you probably have heard this too phil is that a lot of uh you know diane feinstein has been a fixture in california for decades and uh when kevin de Leon ran a lot of people said you know don't open your checkbook to him uh diane's going to be around for a while 
it's hard to raise money against somebody who's that well, you, much you, of an you, icon. You, right. right, but it's, you know, we, I think we put, we put a little too much on money. You know, there's, there's no Governor Meg Whitman. Okay, we, 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 we Al really Checky, remember his uh, yeah, governorship? We, we, every, well, it's all about money. <laughs> as if the voters are just like, oh, because I see three commercials, I'm going to do it. Right. You know, that's not the way it goes. And by the way, Kevin DeLeon has been a, uh, got a lot of largesse from a, a big buck guy by the name of Tom Steyer in the past. Okay, so <laughs> we're, we're not talking yeah. about. But what Dianne Feinstein also has is decades of having done the work. And yes, it, while exactly. you can sit there and go, she's not as fast as she was, she doesn't this, she's not at resistance enough, that goes fine. But she also, for the people that are interested in the, in the environment, the Desert Protection Act, uh, Lake Tahoe, mm -hmm. uh, transportation funding, a score of things in California, water, uh, that is, she's built that up. And it's one thing if you are falling asleep at the committee hearing, it's another thing, and she's not. And she's not, no. She's not. So, so no, that's, and, that's, and she's got those high-profile uh, committee judiciary posts. Judiciary and intelligence. Absolutely. But, but the fact is that, that, that she is seen as somebody that ev everybody just about in the state of California has a, they might not be crazy about it, but they have a memory of Dianne Feinstein having done something. And that's the build bridging of the old mm -hmm. politics of yesteryear. Mm -hmm. And and she's, she's still scoring on that. And I had a voter say to me the other day, hey, right now we need her on judiciary and intelligence in those positions of power to counter Trump. Yeah. What is a new senator going to do? No. Although Kamala Harris is showing you, you can get no, on no, Kamala Harris is, uh, of course, getting national getting national attention, and there's a lot of feeling that uh, we, Politico just wrote a story about could it be a Kamala versus Eric Garcetti, you know, smackdown in 2020? Yeah. Uh, I still don't think. I, 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 I don't, don't think she's running. Put I think Kamala Harris and Eric Garcetti and smackdown <laughs> in the same sentence. <laughs> well, okay. should have split the California. That could vote. be that could be a, 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 a <laughs> just a demolition of a debate. <laughs> think, think of the importance of our primary in a couple of years. But just under of course, the fact that Democrats are hungry for somebody who can take on Trump, and they're really they're they're still casting about like who is it going to be, and and it's Which really I not think clear. Which is, is, is a very interesting thing to be casting about for. You're trying to take on Trump when Trump isn't necessarily the issue. If Trump decides not to run, he's not the issue. He's, he's not, not going to decide no not to run. There's no way he's not going to run again. No. That would be admitting defeat or no, failure. Or... You can just as easily say, I've accomplished what I wanted to accomplish. I'm a citizen, and I'm walking away he, he from this. Could. And <laughs> anybody with half a brain in, in, in a but sense... But he knows that okay. you got to serve two terms to be considered one of the greats. No, you don't. And he wants to be the great. No, you don't. Sure, he could go you be don't. Millard Fillmore, but, but <laughs> no. he wants to be George Washington. <laughs> no, you, you know, well, a lot of people Senator Hatch have, already told him he is George Washington. A lot of people had great firsts and lousy seconds, too. You know, just as many. Most have. Yeah, most have like, a lot of trouble let's, second let's, term. Let's yeah. just and, keep that in perspective. Okay, we only have a couple minutes left, and we'll try not to talk <laughs> over each other too much. We could do this all night. We, but the point even, is, even Democrats, rather served. than looking for somebody to go after Trump, they they got to come up with something of their own. Mm -hmm. Why am I voting for you as opposed against this person? That is true. Right. It you didn't can't work with the, Bush. Yeah, you can't. They just said we were going to be able to put up somebody against Bush, and we were going to take him out. They didn't do it. The Republicans weren't able to do it with Obama. I don't care where it is. You've got to have product, and it's not. You got to be more than just against something. And a lot yeah. will depend if Trump is even still in office two years from now. Whether. <laughs> 
you know, how the economy's doing. Have we been nuked by North Korea? Who knows what? But uh, no. just quickly with a couple minutes to go. Uh, we talked just a little bit just then about Feinstein representing California versus Trump. The whole fight between California and the White House. Governor Brown is really careful not to throw too much gas on that flame war. He, he doesn't mention Trump by name when he calls him out on immigration or on climate change. He thanks him for the, the money for the, the uh, wildfires and the mudslides. But the people running to succeed him are falling over themselves to say, no, I'll be the guy who fights Trump or I'll be the woman who fights Trump. So what happens as we transition? Well, you know, that, and, and the reason for that is as obvious as the nose on our faces because they would rather be fighting over who's going to fight Trump the most rather than dealing with what's going on in California. The poverty rate in this state is staggering. Yeah, is. Now, you go down to the Orange County. Did you see, have you seen the t- size of the tent cities in Anaheim, in Los Angeles? Well, 55,000 uh, homeless in Los Angeles. So I mean, yeah. you go around the Bay Area. You know, everywhere you're Oakland. seeing, it's, 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 it's staggering. Are you seeing the exodus of students from public schools into charter schools? I mean, this, no. all of this is going on. The yeah, cost. None of that. The homelessness, the poverty. That doesn't I, I, get talked I, I, about. Have I heard no, any of the no. gubernatorial no. candidates the po- discussing the poverty that? Rate and, that is and that goes to the exactly the, the whole issue. California cannot just be the state of resistance uh, going toward the next election. But that's what there the governor's guys want. Many issues here. Phil is right. Uh, Doug, you're right. Uh, and and they've got to start dealing with it. And part of that is on us to make sure that that's uh, that, that's what's talked about. This is where social media is unfortunately, I think, driving a lot of the whole thing. Part of part of their emphasis on Trump and state of resistance is to fire up the, the grassroots to get their, their base excited. That's that's sort of how Trump got where he is today, too. All right. Thank you so much, Carla Marinucci and Phil Matier. That's all the time we have. But thanks for the freewheeling conversation. We'll do it again. I'm Doug Sovereign, KCBS. You've just heard KCBS In-Depth, a news interview program, Sundays at 8.30 a.m. and 8.30 p.m. And now available for download at kcbs.com. In-Depth is produced by Cheryl Raines for All News 740 and FM 106.9 KCBS. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.